This episode of Rubitoon's Insignificant Podcast brought to you by In the Corner Time. Ever felt lonely? Good. You've been in the corner too long. Time to come out. Back to you, Rubitooner. The following program contains nothing of any significance whatsoever. If you continue listening to this episode, the creators of this podcast are not responsible for what it might do to you, your health, or the health of others around you. Please only listen to this podcast while in your headphones because public broadcast of this podcast is completely prohibited by the NFL. America. America. Broadcasting with no real intentions from Fort Worth, Texas. It's RoboTuner's Insignificant Podcast. Occurrence, 78. For Sunday, July the 3rd. 2016 in the year of the creatures that survive in the midst. Yes. Greetings, RoboTuner coming at you from the storage area at the back of a QT in Conroe, Texas for your listening, enjoyment, amusement, disgust, or all of the above. Take your pick. Joining me once again and in, no, well, not really in storage, in a storage area. We're actually in a, in a guest bedroom at their mother's house. But sitting at the bed across from me, scratching her face, which you can also hear, is my existing romantic life partner, Shelly. Sushi. Hi. And the safe zone, Special K. Safe zone. I thought it was the no-no. The no-no square? Yeah. No, he's the one that came up with that, but that doesn't mean that he is the no-no square. Okay. Uh, Incidentally, I didn't come up with that. I've heard that... I mean, you can't touch me there. That's my no-no square. <laughs> yeah, I never heard that before you said it. <laughs> yep. So we are broadcasting remotely tonight. Uh, so we've got the single Yeti microphone picking up on us all and Special K with the sound of sound effects on his laptop right next to it. So had a really, really busy weekend. Um, Shelly and I and Art and her son and my daughter had spent the last two days in Austin at uh, Rooster, Rooster Teeth Expo 2016. Now this is our first year to go, and her son, it, uh, he's he's a really big fan of a lot of their of a lot of their shows, especially Red vs. Blue. And my daughter's a big fan of Ruby, which is another one of their newer ones. Well, they've they're on their uh, third se- they've done three seasons. They're about to come out with a fourth one. Anyway, they they have a l- bunch of other things too. Um, but anyway, he had been wanting to go for at least the last two years or so, and this year we just uh, went ahead and bought weekend passes for all four of us because uh, there, there's stuff there that I think we that we felt that we would all be into. So the trip down there wasn't too bad. Alston's only about three, three and a half hours away at the most, even with a little bit of tra- little bit of traffic. Anyway, we got there, and first off, trying to find a parking space around Austin is way harder than it is in Fort Worth. Like, yeah, I mean, hell, even whenever I go to Dallas, I have an easier time find, finding a parking space. Honda What? Nothing. Oh, I thought that was Shelly saying something. <laughs> anyway, 
So I drop them off at the front, and then I spend the next probably 10 minutes trying to find a parking uh, a parking garage. And we go inside, and honestly, um, we spend most of the time in the expo hall where they had the merchandise, the different vendor booths, and um, a bunch of and they all had a whole bunch of different um, like expos inside inside there. Like there was a pot, there was a one group that was doing a podcast. There was also along the back wall they had a whole section just uh, uh, just devoted to streaming streaming live games and putting on a big ass screen um, but anyway most of the merchandise was pretty cool but convention convention prices as you might as you might imagine most of the stuff there was pretty expensive but they did have some cool stuff um, didn't you uh, I want to say we got about five or six different uh, t-shirts just from the rooster teeth uh, merchandise booth which there's a line to get into just by itself and you got what uh, three or four different shirts or yeah more I, got, than that? I got more shirts than that I got uh, two shirts to share I got uh, your daughter two shirts I got Markham four shirts um, but they were kind of expensive I was like holy crap that's a lot of money on shirts yeah 25 bucks a shirt at least oh yeah. that's worth what they started I know that hey speaking of Austin there's ATX Scott we were actually Hi, in Scott. your neighborhood the other day that's what we was talking about, Rooster Teeth 2016. Anyway, but aside from aside from that, the at most of these expos, the main thing of, is of course the big area where the vendor booths are, and the expo booths, and the and of course there are the panels. They have like three big panels, one for each day that the convention's going on, and then they have a whole bunch of different separate ones. And this was at the convention center in the Hilton right across the street. And we signed up for three of them on Friday, the first day that we were there. The first one was a was a podcast group, so we thought, okay, well, these might, guys might be pretty cool. They maybe their format may be similar to ours, and they were called uh, Glib Sharks, and it was two dudes and a chick, and honestly, I think whenever they saw my daughter and who's who is nine, um, they really tried to tone it down with the cursing because they saw her. And honestly, my daughter was I think the youngest person in attendance there. I think the youngest age that I saw was like probably 12 or 13 of any of all the people that were there. Anyway, but there we listened to them, and I think that it's not that they weren't funny. Um, they were probably funny. It's just that we had never heard really listened to their show before. Yeah, we so really didn't some, know what to expect. Yeah, and they had inside jokes and you know things that unless you're a part of that podcast. And have been listening to it for a while, you wouldn't really understand. Yeah, it's just like if somebody, if we go up to somebody and went pooping for pop fans, they would have no idea what we're talking about. They would yeah, they unless they listen to the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's that's where we were, I guess, not entertained. In other words, we sh- we we had no idea what it really was, and so we found out. And I honestly. Ainsley got bored, so I took her out, you know, of the room, yeah. and and I and I left about ten minutes after that, too. which was probably good for them, so that they could continue to act the way they normally do on their podcast, you know, and you know, hopefully we didn't cause too much interruption. Yeah, with that, and then the second one, the second panel that we went to, I was actually really excited about. Um, it was Jeff and Casey and his daughter uh, Jeff Williams and his daughter Casey Lee Williams. Um, Jeff Williams is the one who writes all of the music for the Ruby uh, uh, for the Ruby series, and his daughter is the one that sings the songs 
a really great voice. She actually reminds me of Haley Williams from uh, Paramore. I actually thought it was her before I found out it was somebody different. Anyway, um, but their panel was actually in the Governor's Ballroom, which is the biggest suite at the Hilton Hotel across the street from the Convention Center. And they had lines of people that they were bringing in one by one to make sure that they didn't, uh, to make sure that um, they weren't over capacity. So I thought to myself, dang, it's like they must have something really cool in store uh, for this for this to be going on. So the panel starts. Jeff and his daughter Casey come in a, a cup with a long, along with a couple of the other musicians that also uh, record the songs for Ruby, and. I was a little disappointed because they really didn't have any kind of format. I was expecting them to go into, you know, his musical history, how he got involved in music, how he got involved, uh, how he was picked to write the music for Ruby, and a couple of other things, maybe some cool stories behind composing some of the songs, but he really just rambled for about 10 minutes, and then they started taking questions, and like 30 people lined up. We actually left early on that one, too. Um... Uh, and the only other thing that he really said is that he really plugged their performance that they were also um, having at uh, ACL for in which they'd be playing the entire score of Ruby seasons one through three live. So that would have been cool. But again, that would have been separate tickets because um, it wasn't included in the um, it wasn't included in the emissions because it was something totally separate. But finally, the last the, the last panel that we went to made up for the boat for the lackluster of the first two. It was the Rooster Teeth stunt team. Now these were this was badass because it was a team of ten different martial artists and their fight coordinator who's also one of himself and the uh, and the stunt uh, and the lead animator for the stunts and fight scenes. And they actually did live demos of what their different uh, martial arts skill sets were. Some of them some of them were like hardcore like like hardcore um like karate yeah, taekwondo. karate yeah, karate taekwondo, jujitsu, uh-huh. um, and some of them were just pro dancers, which that, those those guys were cool too. Anyway, but they they showed off. Um, they had a like a brief video feed that had like a two minute demo of all of uh, a lot of the fight scenes during the later seasons of Red versus Blue, and they actually showed one fight scene from Ruby, which they 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 showed the actual fight scene from the show first, then they got the two guys that actually did the fight scenes, and. They actually reenacted the exact movements live, and it was only like a 15-second clip, but still, it was cool to see. And they they talked about all a lot of the motion capture technology and how how they've had fun with it. And in fact, the lead, um, their lead stunt guy, they always say, "Yeah, if we know he's coming on the day, that we better get uh, all right, better get out your extra supply of dots because I don't." For those out there that aren't familiar with what a motion capture suit, it's basically just a, a single-piece black suit. And it has dots all over it, mainly where your joints are, so, and that's how, and wherever the joints move, that's how they capture the animation for the actual show. Anyway, but if those dots come off, the computer doesn't actually recognize what body, body part is moving that corresponds with whatever that dot's supposed to be. <laughs> so, anyway, but they said it's pretty freaking. But they, yeah, they said they have a lot. They had a lot of fun with it, and I got to see some badass moves in this. And on top of that, it was in one of the smaller areas that maybe sat. I guess. What did you say, like 150, 200 people at the most? Yeah, at the most. Yeah, yeah, this was one of their smaller uh, smaller areas, and I'm surprised they could do what they did with such little area to move around. That's what actually impressed me the most about it. We, but were, it, we, were, we were afraid we weren't even going to get in to see this panel. Yeah, which I that wouldn't have surprised me either, because when we, 
at these conventions, they they put colored tape on the ground, and um, they usually have yeah, and it's usually just like in a rectangular or square or, or square area, and we got at the very end of the line where it actually said end on the tape. So, considering that, I wouldn't have been surprised if we. Well, at the time, I wouldn't have been surprised if maybe they didn't let us in, if they actually were over maximum capacity, like a couple of people in front of us. And the door is squeaking. Well, hello, Miss Kim. Hello. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that panel made up for, definitely made up for it. Otherwise, we spend most of our time in the expo booth, which they had a lot of cool stuff there, I'm not going to lie. Um, like Shelly said, we got a couple of t-shirts, and there was also this other place that was serving... Uh, I can't remember the name of the company or the vendor, but they were serving um, really kick-ass um, sodas. Sa yeah, it was like sarsaparilla and root beer and... Um, no ranch? No ranch. No. Ugh. None of those funky-ass flavors that we had that one it was time. It like cream soda. Oh, and what they do is, is they go around to events, and if they're at the event, and they sell these little metal drinking containers, yeah, right? Yeah, these little metal mugs. Yeah. And they're expensive, but... They go to many events in the Austin area, so if you end up going to one of the events that they're going to be at, you walk over to them and say, I've got my mug, and you pay $5 and get free refills the whole entire day. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, but the mugs themselves, the initial cost is kind of expensive. Um, so, yeah. we, we went ahead and got us some mugs, because it was, everybody's walking around with their silver mugs looking cool, and I was like, I want to look cool like them. Yeah, and we got some, uh, we got some posters, too, and some other merchandise. What else do we get? Oh, yeah, we got a couple of those loot boxes, which there were, I think there were, what, what five or six different variants, along with the ones that were official Rooster Teeth loot boxes. Yeah, I got the I official Rooster Teeth loot box, because I was like, why not? And then I went around to two different other stations... And they have these mystery boxes where you can, you have to pay for them and they give you a box and whatever's inside is what you get. Right. Um, so those were interesting. I didn't really get anything that was just out of this world exciting, but I got some cool stuff. Yes, we did. And, and uh, some of the, even some of the vendors too, uh, the Game Over Video Games, which is out of Arlington. Well, actually they have an Austin location too. I think that's where they're based. They had a booth and they sell, they were selling a lot of their you know, classic video games and game systems there and other kind of merchandise. And, uh, and the, let's see. Now, the, the, the premier, uh, the premier video game company that was there, that was, uh, that they had the biggest booth for was, uh, the Behemoth. Uh, the guys that made Castle Crashers, Alien Hominid, uh, Battle Lock Theater, and their newest one, which is coming out, uh, it's, uh, RTS called, uh, Pit, called Pit People. And that, and, um, the last thing that we did when, we were there, oh, my daughter and I, we had our picture taken next to, I guess, one of the cupcake avatars from the game, <laughs> and uh, I think I'm going to make that our show card, our title card this week. Okay. Yeah. And they even had, like, uh, free standing arcade cabinets with, um, with Castle Grashers, and they even had a separate one with, um, Battle Block Theater, and then another one with, um, Bash of Barbarian, which is the newer, um, mini game that they had at the remastered ver for the remastered version of Castle Crashers. And there was a whole group of dudes that were dressed up as the knights from Castle Crashers that my daughter had her picture taken with. That's Did awesome. Did they end up no money to take pictures with them? No, 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 no. These, these were, these were uh, people attending the, oh, okay. the, the con, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Speaking of which, yeah, why don't we tell them about the autograph process there? 
we were not aware that you had to purchase tickets in order to um, get autographs from there. And because of that, we didn't get a single autograph because you had to purchase them before you got there. Yeah, uh, Bar I really wanted to get one of, of Barbara Dunkelman, who's the chick who plays, uh, or she does the voice of Yang from the show Ruby. And another thing is that we tried to get Ains um, my daughter Ainsley's costume ready the yesterday morning before we went, but just things weren't matching up the way we wanted to, so she kind of went as casual, uh, casual Yang. I'm sorry. Is that how you describe matching up? I, I meant the it? I meant the events. The stars were uh -huh. not aligned for it to happen. Yeah. Okay. Safety pins. That's all I have to say. That's, yeah, I know. And instead, I bought you a ne I bought you needle and thread. So sorry. I had been awake for ten minutes whenever you sent me to Walmart. Were the my, pink my brain was still foggy. What? Were the pink sheep keeping you asleep? I'm getting to that. I'm getting. To that. <laughs> all right. So. In between, yeah, so Friday night we actually stayed at a hotel called The Highlander in Austin. And this place it used to be a travel a travel lodge. I don't know how many years it had been since it shut down and is reopened as The Highlander. But this place, its main gimmick is that they have pink life-size plastic sheep everywhere. In the halls, in the rooms, and even in the lobby. And every, every night... They change the positions of the sheep to make it look like they've actually moved around the place. So, like, we, we when we first... <laughs> it's cheap marketing ploy, but it's genius. When we first walked down the hallway to get into our room, uh, one of the pink sheep was, like, at a door right down the hallway. And then um, we, went, we left, and we went to get something to eat. When we came back, wasn't the sheep, like, next door, like, attached? Yeah. So at the it was, like, right next, next door, door on our side and it was hall. facing the doorway... And then um, we got up the next morning, and the uh, the sheep was facing the window at the very end of the hall. Yep. <laughs> we were like, what in the heck? The sheep really is moving. But um, when we went in to get our breakfast the next morning, they had a bunch of sheep in there, too, and all down the hallways. And, yeah. and in our room, we had a pink sheep as well. Yep. Were, were any of them in any compromising positions? No. No, there's only one sheep in our room. Yeah. There weren't two. Uh, so they couldn't... <laughs> Dude, if they did, they would get so many complaints. Of, I'm sure. Uh, as kick-ass as, as that would be if they actually did do that. I wonder how many complaints they get at the zoo. <laughs> yeah. Well, if that's nature and you can't help that. I wanted to touch on the fact that at RTX, they also have a bunch of vent vendors that come out and present their new video game yeah, that they've they, created. They have a whole line de devoted to indie to indie developers and indie uh, game companies. And I walked by a booth and I fell in love with the game. And so... Yeah, which I, game was this? Because I didn't get the name of it. I can't remember the name of it, but Markham downloaded it for me onto his Steam account. Is it a beta or is it the full version? It's the full version. Oh, cool. And it's a, it's a psychological thriller game. And I was like, oh, I am into this. I am getting this game. So and it looks like it ha it's it's got like puzzles that you have to do and you have to solve mystery kind of stuff. So it was a pretty cool game. Um, and then uh, Markham found a game that he liked. He played it on Friday, and the guy said, "If you come back tomorrow, you get to play the second level." So Markham uh, went over there, and he did get to play the second level. Are you talking about Halo Wars Two? No, that's another game we oh, okay. played. Yeah, because they were de de 343 Studios was out there demoing the beta 
of um, Halo Wars 2, which he's a huge fan of the first one. And when he played the demo of it, he got first place for the entire team the, uh, above all the other people that he was playing with and against. So, like, they, they would separate people into teams, and he was on the winning team, and he got first place. So it was pretty interesting. He, he said the controls were uh, different from the, the original Halo Wars, so he didn't know what he was doing at first, and he finally got used to it and was able to work it. And just real quick, ATX had a question. He wanted to know which hotel y'all stayed at. Oh, this was the, the Highlander Hotel. Yeah, it was about two miles north of the convention center. I can't remember what street. Uh, middle, middle Kaufman or something like that. Middle something. Uh, yeah, anyway, on the other side of the highway is like a, a Walmart. Anyway. So yeah, there was that, and there they had a bunch of kick-ass games there at the end at, at the indie booth. Um, my daughter was playing one called Color Thief, where you play as a chameleon. The whole game's black and white, as, aside from a couple objects that are colored. Well, you can touch the color of that objects, and you absorb it, and you can place it elsewhere, and you use it to like solve puzzles and advance to different areas of the level that you're on. It's pretty cool. Then they have this other game called Butt Sniffin' Pugs. Yes, and the controller is a is a tennis giant tennis ball that's like rolls like a trackball. It was the craziest game. I was like, why would you name it Butt Sniffing Pugs? Yeah. Because that's not all they do in the game, of course. But <laughs> I mean, I guess it got people's attention. It sure got mine. Did you play it? No. I didn't play it either. Let's see. They also had one that was being. It hasn't. Um, got the green light from Steam. It's called the Robot's Body. And if you're if you're a big fan of the Adventures of Lolo, this game would be right up your alley. We Ainsley and I played a couple levels of that, and we thought it was awesome. Um, it actually basically was Lolo, but with futuristic characters. And then there, there was another really obscure game, which I just don't understand how it could be uh, considered a game. To me, is more like a piece of art. It was called Den Vanstra Handen Stig, which is Swedish. And the English translation is the left-handed path. It looked cool because it was it was based on the old type of rotoscoping computer animation or uh, 2D animation that you see uh, in the original Prince of Persia game, um, Flashback, and Out of This World, and a couple of others that that also followed that same kind of technology. Um, anyway, Jordan Mechner is the guy that created that kind of uh, uh, that kind of design. Anyway, but all it is, it's a single-button game, and it's like an arcade game button, and it's housed in a block of wood. And basically, the character walks along screen with a hand, with a uh, a red scarf in his hand. He automatically walks along a predetermined path, and when you press the button, he dies, and the AI starts completely over with a in a in a different setting and a and different objects around. So I, I didn't quite understand the appeal of it. Like I said, to me, it was less like a video game, more like a piece of art. So um, anyway, there was that. And I also ran into a local developer named Kyle Pittman that used to work for um, Gearbox, and he, and he was one of the, de the, the developers for Borderlands 1 and 2. And I met this guy about a year and a half ago at Game Over Games in Arlington, when he showcased his game, um, Super Win the Game, which I actually downloaded a copy and I got the soundtrack to a new game that he is, um, that he's showcasing. I think it's Gun Hazard or something like that. Is um, that the one that you were playing in there before the show? 
That was getting frustrated at? Yeah, well, that was Super Win the Game, yes. Yeah, it reminds me of... That game of came out almost two years ago. Super Meat Boy. Yeah, it's the same kind of platforming. Uh, platforming, yeah. no combat, just, um, you know, jumping around obstacles, avoiding enemies, and picking up objects to advance you throughout yeah, the apparently game. Apparently, it's really hard. I was watching him play it, and he was on one part. I mean, one specific part for, like, over 30 minutes. Yeah, and I'm still on that damn part. And, and honestly, the game's not that long, and except for the part that I'm on... They really didn't have any areas where it frustrated me to the point where I just want to wanted to punch something. Super Meat Boy will take you to that level. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It definitely will. <laughs> you always have to tell Matt to go play a, a cat. Uh, a, go play with kittens and go puppies. Play, go play right. a game that has kittens and puppies in it. Yeah. And then, anyway, but as part of RTX, um, Screw Attack is also there too. Now they don't have quite as big of a presence there as Rooster Teeth, as you can. Um, as you can imagine, but anyway, they had a free a free played arcade where they had a bunch of kick ass games from the early eighties. Um, I, I played um, Tempest, I played Asteroids, um, Gravitar, which is a sequel to Asteroids, um, the an original Space Invaders cabinet, which those are rare as hell to come by. Uh, the the original Ninja Turtles Konami arcade game. Uh, they also had a couple of. Um, they also had a couple of pre free play Xbox 360s with like Frogger and like the Pac-Man Championship Edition, and they even had a guy that was um, oh, and a couple Mortal Kombat machines too. They even had some guys there that were actually uh, doing commentary on some of the players too, which I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but um, so there was a lot of uh, people doing cosplay. Oh yeah, as you can imagine, I saw more people from Ruby dressed up as people from Ruby than anything else. But that didn't stop people from just dressing up in general. Yeah. Oh, and the um, you know the the one we went to, uh, the Alcon we yeah, went Alcon. to. Yeah, Alcon. They had the five hundred one. What is it called? Five hundred first. Yeah, they had the five hundred first. Did this one too? They had oh, they their did. own little booth. Yeah, they and probably they have had, a, a local Austin chapter down there. And they had a guy in a snow costume. What is it? Snow trooper. Yeah. Yeah, a snow trooper yeah, costume. Yeah, her, her son had his picture taken with. Yeah, him. so they were there at this one. Um, oh yeah, and then uh, I saw the Black Knight from Monty Python yeah, there with his arm shoved yeah. into one of his arms shoved into his costume. That was funny. But you know, honestly, I didn't see any. That was the cool, one of the coolest costumes there. The 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 snow trooper and then the Monty Python. I didn't really see anything that just was like, oh, this is the best costume ever. Um, you know, I saw a few people dressed up from uh, like uh, Halo. Yeah, there. Yeah, there were a couple of Spartans. Walking around, but I didn't see anybody dressed up as any um, Covenant or elites, though. Yeah, or brutes. I was just like, meh. Honestly, we had more fun at, at Alcon than we did at this place. Yeah, for for there, what it was worth and how much money we paid to get into RTX, I think Alcon was a better deal. Yeah. Well, and it was Alcon's also on a way smaller scale, even smaller than uh, Comic Con. Yeah. Um, but I think if you go, if if you've never been to RTX before. And you're into, and if you think you would want to go to it, I think it's more. You would be more into it if you are really follow a lot of the content that they do, and the, say and a, same with Screw Attack. What was it? Achievement Hunter. Achievement Hunter, yeah. Achievement Hunter. That's was why another huge. one of their things. That was huge there. Ruby was huge. Yeah. Um, Red versus Blue was kind of on the back. It wasn't really up front and. Yeah, it wasn't the center of their They didn't address a material. lot of things with Red versus Blue. They were more into Ruby and Achievement Hunter. 
and um, so it, it it just uh, I don't know it when we went to the panels at Alcon sitting there and listening to them talk they had genuine stories about what happened and and their lives and and things that they did it was very well put together and right then, you know some of the panels weren't as well put together at this yeah like there wasn't even really an agenda and, and the some of them and i'm not dogging them because you know maybe this is how they do it and i just have never been to rtx before i had fun i had a lot of fun i got to see so many things and i got to experience so many things it's just there were 30,000 people there, and mm -hmm. when there's 30,000 people all gathered in one place, it's so hard to get through all those people. Right. It's so and hard to breathe, almost. And another thing about, unlike Comic-Con and Alcon and some of those other, other conventions, which travel um, nationally, Rooster Teeth only has two conventions per year. There's one for the U.S. in Austin, and then there's one in Australia, and that's it. So there, we, we met a few people in the lines that we were standing in that were from California, uh, North Carolina. There's, you know, people from all over the United States were there. So that was interesting, too, that we got to meet some new people that way. Yeah. And, oh, let's see. Is there anything else we wanted to touch on before I bring my girl in here to talk about her favorite part? Uh, no, she can get in. Okay, yeah, let me go grab her. I'll be right back. Anyway, uh, Kenneth, I know you didn't get to go with us this time, and I'm sure you're like, I'm so glad I didn't go, because it was very expensive. But anyway, in your spare time, what did you do? From Sunday to Friday, I watched the entire Game of Thrones series. I, uh, well, she decided to get in the pool, so. Okay. Uh, so what I did, uh, I, my boss at work was talking about how, how cool the, the last episode of Game of Thrones was, and I've been really trying to, wanting to dive into it, and I heard that the season's finale was, it had just played, so I started on Sunday, and I watched it from beginning to end. I am very taken by the story. I mean, it got really dark, really dark. I mean, you know, brother and sister having sex over their dead husband, their bed, their dead son. Kind of gross, yeah. but inbred son. Yeah, inbred God. son. But you <laughs> I know, there's a lot of kind of stuff like that. My favorite mm -hmm. so far has got to be season six. We're finally coming out of the dark, and the revenge that everybody wants to happen is finally happening. I'm I'm really excited see what happens in season seven cool yeah do you want to go over the last episode do you want does any well, i don't want it to be a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it yeah okay yeah that's my only fear well since my daughter decided to jump in the what oh yeah go ahead whatever we weren't talking oh well, i was just going to cut touch on the last thing that my daughter was going to come in here and speak about but all right touch it she decided to i'm touching it right now see whatever you. These he nuts. <laughs> Smell your finger now. All right. So the last thing about the last thing about RTX was the Ruby Grim Eclipse game that my that my daughter had been dying to, dying to play forever. They had about a ten minute demo, and she just fell in love with it. It's got the mechanics like 
uh, Dynasty Warriors, um, and um, shit, I can't remember the other one that they were really inspired by. Anyway, it was almost like playing Devil May Cry. It was about a 10 minute demo, really fast paced beat em up, and she and I teamed up. I was wise, she was uh, she was Ruby, and we both got a, got little pins for it. So she's asked for it for if I would get it for her. So, th okay, that's all I was gonna say. I'm glad y'all had to, y'all got a chance to go to that. Now we're, the next one we're gonna go to is in Arlington, what is it? Oh, that's Retro, uh, that's Retrofest, yeah. Uh, that's going to be at the Arlington Convention Center, I think, October 1st and 2nd. And that's one you're going to go with us, too. Yeah, tickets are, are really cheap, even for the weekend ones. It's only two days. It's Friday and Saturday. Um, but I think for a single day, it's like 10... Or, I'm sorry, it's a Saturday and Sunday. And I think for 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 the whole... For both days, it's $15, and for one day, it's 10 Sweet! I'm going both I days. I think. Either that or it's 20 for both days and 15 for one. I think you said it was 20 Okay, maybe it is. Yep, so uh, Special K is going to come to our house, spend the night, we're all going to Arlington. And this time, if I could get some people to, to do it with me. Do it with you? Yeah, because he can't get anybody to do it with him. <laughs> I haven't actually said it. I meant All weekend long. All weekend long. That's all we heard. <laughs> Nobody will do it with me. Whatever. <laughs> anyway was I would like to dress up as uh, one of the knights in Castle Crashers and I would even go go and they have a and fat one I'll go do it with you uh, which one any they, of them well they have a fat one don't they I remember seeing a fat there's one. so many different characters you can unlock on that game I don't even know how many how I don't even know what the total is you start out with four but you can uh, either unlock or buy as DLC at different characters Did from you the just game shit your britches no that no. was me sorry that was him thank you God. The last one I did had him screaming running out of the bedroom. I know. Yeah. <laughs> right ran. before he started, then I got chewed out by your mom's husband for restarting the route for restarting their router before we went because the internet connection was slow. Well, he told us that he had about an hour before we started. He had, he was buying a part for his new truck, and it, at the time it froze on him. And right before we started, it's like, hey, the page froze up, so I don't know if the transaction went through or not. And I'm like, oh, great. Sorry about that. Oh, well. Things happen. All you can do is say sorry and go along. Yep. Ask for, for, ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> Did you say britches? Well, some no. ATX Scott in the chat room said britches. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He used the word britches. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh. So tomorrow is the great day of America, America Independence. We're going to be leaving uh, tomorrow afternoon to catch some fireworks back home in the DFWs. Going to Hearst Park. Mm -hmm. Doing it up there. Yes. Hopefully the traffic back won't be so bad as it was oh, last year. You know something we didn't talk about? What? The restaurant we ate at. Oh yeah, yeah. Now that was an experience. This this was our actually first that was our this was our first time to actually be tourists in Austin. Was that the Ethiopian place I went yes, to? Yes, yes, we yeah. went to an Ethiopian restaurant. So we we wanted to try something brand new that as far as we knew wasn't available around here. So we went to an Ethiopian restaurant. And it was an experience. Yeah, so we walked in the door. And the waitress came and she sat us down. So we sat down at the table. Right. 
And then she flipping disappeared. She like did not come to the table. And then this guy comes out and he's he's serving us. Uh, you know, he asks us what we want to drink. He gets our drinks and he says, um, uh, "I'm not your normal waiter. You have a waitress. She's just really busy right now." So we were like, "Okay." So we ordered from him and we got some hummus, which was different because in the hummus it came with this really really different bread it was um it looked like it was rolled up into a roll and chopped into pieces and there were supposed to be chickpeas in this hummus but there was not a single chickpea in it yeah it really kind of took me for some I was confusion like, okay it was still good though yeah it was good and then um our main course was really <laughs> i looked at I, I looked at you know uh robotuner and i was like listen I go, there's four of us here, and anything we order, it's going to be, like, over 70, 80 bucks. Let's just get this big platter of food, since it's, like, $50, and we'll share it between the four of us. I'm sure it's plenty of food for all of us. And he was like, sure, why not? Um, so we talked to the waiter, and he said, oh, yes, do that, do that. So he brings this platter of food out, and it was freaking huge. There was so much food on it. It had, had lamb, it had chicken. It had beef, and so um, it had the, that bread that it, that was in the hummus that we were given. Yep, and it was all across this uh, this platter too, and it also had a bunch of. Uh, it was also rolled had a. It was also rolled up around our platter too. The only reason I'm going into around. this is because this is something we'd never tried before, and yep. it was interesting. So this bread. It was uh, spongy. It was like a really spongy bread. It looked like he said it was made with uh, carbonated water, and it tasted like a, a vinegary flavor to it. And what you do is you take pieces of this bread and you swipe at the meat and you pick it up with that bread, and you eat it with your hands. So, and it was really spicy too. But we all ate the food. Um, in the middle of us waiting for the main entree to get there. This lady puts on the counter this incense burner, and it is smoking, like, so hardcore yeah, smoking. Yeah, these were incense cones. Yeah. yeah, and it was in this metal uh, holder. Yeah. And it's right behind my son, and he's like, yeah, oh, they- my God, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to have to leave. I'm going to have to leave because it was so smoky, and it was sage. She was burning sage. Yep. So I looked it up. And the reason that you burn sage like that is to ward off... Ward off the white demons. No. no. That's what she was doing. She's anyway, like, oh, there's a bunch of white, pe- white demons coming in. I better get this stuff. Whatever. It just It gets rid of negative vibes in the group of people. So... <laughs> so I guess she felt like we were maybe negative. I'm not really sure, but she burnt the snot out of us with that sage yeah it was on, uh, she sat out on the bar like maybe 10 feet from us and they she burnt a second one too on the other side of the restaurant oh so maybe it was something that they normally did or i don't know but then after they burnt the sage all of a sudden our waitress was helping us again and <laughs> yep. i was like all she came back to do was just ask us for drinks from that point forward drinks and she gave us a to-go box yep so we were like, okay, maybe she didn't think that we were very happy people, but she didn't know us. So. Well, in, in her defense, though, we all looked like we had were brought through the ringer whenever we walked in because it was we were their last customers of the, the of the night. We walked in like 
9.15, and they close at, like, 11. Yeah. So. so, but that was interesting. The food was really, really good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, Unfortunately, we weren't able to save any of the stuff in, to go, in the to-go box, though, because we didn't have a fridge in our room. Do you remember the name of the restaurant? In case somebody wants to try it. It said Ethiopian Cuisine. This is Daniel <laughs> no, I Damn, I can't remember the name of it. It starts with an H. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'll find it out later. Phone? He'll put it in the notes, uh, you know. Yeah, we'll put it notes. in the notes. Yeah. They, they have, I do know that they have a buffet during the day. So it's kind of like the Ethiopian version of Texas Day Brazil. Well, maybe. Maybe. And their food is very, very aromatic and very spicy. Okay, I found it. It's uh, Habit. Habesha, yeah, yeah. Habesha restaurant and bar, yeah. Their address is www.habeshaaustin.com. No, habeshaaustin.com. H a b e s h. We weren't the only white people in there. There was also some Arabic people in there too. Yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, there was some. There was a big. Middle Eastern family, like in the center of the restaurant, and then yeah. next to us was just another white old couple. Yeah, drinking wine and talking amongst their food. Eating bread. Yeah, that. If we ever go out back to Austin, I'd like to go back to that place. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Like right now, I want to go to that that uh, Raymond ramen noodle place that y'all took me to. I love that place. Fovey Noodle House? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that wasn't ramen. That's that's Fove. There's a big oh. difference. Well, it's fancy, fancy ramen. Fo is fancy ramen. They use rice noodles, though. Ramen, well, ramen is egg noodles, but... Yeah. Yeah, but it, that's what I'm saying. It's fancy ramen. Fancy ramen! Oh, whatever, Fo. It was good. I yeah, liked it. Yeah, Fo was good. Yeah. Habisha. Habisha. Uh, okay, so we're getting the correct pronunciation here. Thank you, Scott. Yes. All right. Well, are we done with the trip? We gotta. We want to move on to fun facts. Do you have fun facts today? Yes, I do. All right. Cool. And I'm gonna hurry up and start so y'all forget that ridiculous uh, intro. Scott. Zone run. Yeah. <laughs> fun facts with Ken. Fun facts with Swiss cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tried to do it. <laughs> Zone rogues, areas of France, so polluted with vast amounts of human and animal remains and millions of items of unexploded ordnance from World War One that no human activity is allowed there. <coughs> wow. All right. That's uh, unsettling. If you are under the age of 38, statistics show that the funniest joke you will ever hear in your life is a joke you haven't heard yet. Um, okay, but what the fuck does age have to do with that? Uh, that's I don't weird, know. and that's almost philosophical. Yeah, I don't know how that... How would you put a study together for that? So I don't, I, I I don't really know, question man. this as a fact. And I've heard funny jokes. But it's saying the funniest joke you ever heard. Of course I am 41, so there you go. The word aptronym used for a personal name aptly or peculiarly suited to its owner and its opposite in, in 
Inatronym. Examples of Inatronyms are Frank Beard and only the only member of ZZ Top to not have a beard. Right. And Donald Black and uh, Donald Black, white supremacist. What? <laughs> Does <laughs> or, that even make sense? Or Barry White or Frank Black? You know, because I'm not black like Barry White. No, I am white like Frank Black is. That's an old bloodhound. Oh, so gang like song. your name is the opposite yeah, of, what, of you what, you or what you are. What you are. I didn't know that Donald Black was a white supremacist. What from ZZ Top? No, no. Frank Beard was from ZZ Top, and he's no, Frank like, Beard's the only member of ZZ shit. Top to not have a beard. <laughs> yeah. I'm confused. Who is a white supremacist? Donald Black, whoever that is. Yeah, I never heard. Donald of I don't hang Duck? in that circle. I never heard of the guy either. I'm not superior to anybody. I agree, me either. <laughs> But apparently mom thinks that I think I'm superior to you. <laughs> yep. Whatever. Older sibling complex. In the Amazon, butterflies will drink the tears of turtles to provide necessary sodium in their diet. Is it like orphan tears? I don't know, but I saw a... a Extra salty, maybe? <laughs> Especially if it comes from the ocean? Mm. Maybe. It seems kind of... Weird. I'm a turtle and I'm crying. What well, doesn't say sea turtle? It just says tears of turtles. Ah, uh, okay. I want to know how many turtles cry. This is what it sounds like when turtles cry. What does it sound like when doves cry? I don't know. Are you going to play the crickets now? Yes, <laughs> he needs crickets. <laughs> America's founding fathers initially had no political <coughs> parties because they tried to avoid vicious fighting they'd witnessed within the British government, and they aimed to focus on electing the best candidate for presidency instead of becoming divided over greed-driven competitions. Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, we don't the, do that anymore. George Washington did not have a party whenever he accepted um, presidency. Actually, after he was made president he did have a party i'm sure oh yeah he all did. the history like, books say they, had, they oh. had cake party in the white house well yeah they would have had to <laughs> have to have served cake because he had wooden dentures though that's what the lore says i was <laughs> that's what it says get out of here with your logic it's stupid that's day of the tentacle that's logic. the dumbest logic i've ever heard day of the testicle well they'd have to have cake because he had wooden teeth because he wouldn't be able to chew anything. So, what do you think you gave him this fucking steak dinner? Maybe his wife like pre-chewed it and spit it in his mouth. Yeah. You, know, you, you ever know. think about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know anybody that was alive in the 1700s. I don't know which people, what kind of shit people used to do back then. I'm sure you know a couple of names of people who were alive in the 1700s. <laughs> Not that are still alive today, obviously. Bolivia's largest prison, San San Pedro, has a society within itself with no guards inside the walls. It has shops and restaurants run by inmates. Inmates elect their own leaders, get jobs to pay their cells rent, and can even live with their wives and children. So it's a jail? It's a jail, but it's a community. Oh, so are there hookers in the community? It doesn't say that. They can live there with their wives and children. They can... They, they can uh, run restaurants is and it shops. A, is it a co-op jail where women and men are in jail? Okay, in it says place? right here they could live there with their wives and, and unless, the wives unless their wives, unless their wives is named Bubba. And <laughs> but what if their 
their wives are not in jail for anything wrong. They could live there. With, you think the children did something wrong? No. That's what I'm saying. They well, can go. For, they're free to go, come and go as they please. Well, maybe. Yes. But, like, is it a co-op jail? I would imagine so. It's a weird jail. I wouldn't want to go to that jail. Yeah. So which one would you rather go to? The None one where they them. get raped or the one that you have I don't want to go to community. any jail at all. You want to go to super well, jail? Well, then don't go to jail. I won't. What? You want to go to super jail? No, I don't want to go to super jail at all. God, that show is awful. Never again. I want to go to that jail, uh, you know, the white-collar criminal jail, you know, where they play tennis all day. Oh, yeah, that's what they do all day. Oh, yeah, the minimum security. Who watched the movie with, uh, what's Did you name? fart and you're no. holding your nose? No, I didn't fart. It must have been him. I didn't fart. Well, then why do you cover your nose up? Well, because somebody did, and it stinks. <laughs> it was you. It was you. No. Was you would never admit that on radio. That's how I know it's you. Whatever. On podcast, this is not radio. Corrected, Yes, I am. Famed Pharaoh Caesar Trice. Famed Pharaoh S E S O S T R I S. Caesar Trice? There you go. Oh my god, I smell it now. What the hell? That is not me. Okay. Famed Pharaoh, whatever his name is, would erect a giant statue of a vagina if he felt a defeated army. And offered little resistance. Yeah, there you go. He just erected his vagina. He would just erect a vagina. Where do you? See, where are those pictures? I, there's no I see vaginas. pictures of guys wearing hats and you know that weird lion pyramid thing. But where are the pictures of the erected vaginas? I don't know. This is. And it. I didn't think you could have an erect vagina. I think I the media mean, would go crazy if if it actually did exist and people posted pictures of it. I would love to see it. Me too. Because I'm trying to picture what an erected vagina would look like. Hmm. It would be like two... That little bean would be sticking straight out. Bing. Yeah. Oh, the clip. Did you call it a bean? Yeah. <laughs> I never heard it called that. Clitoris, You never heard friend. flick your bean? No. <laughs> That's funny. The other day I was I at never work. heard that. I was at the other, I was, the other day I was at work and um, Kyle... <laughs> <laughs> the guy I work with, he was being kind of weenie, and I told him, I said, I don't know what's up with you in your old age. You turn in, you turn into a pussy. And I said, look at that beard. That's not even a beard. That's a pussy pelt. Yeah. And I said, and every time you talk, you queef. And he goes, oh, my God. Who did you say this to? Kyle. Kyle, okay. And he goes, what's a queef? And I said, you've never heard of a queef? He goes, no. I said, well, you wouldn't. <laughs> also known as a beaver. I to the office and look that shit up. No, he didn't. You know I brought in David and I said, David, do you know what a queef is? Yeah, that's that's like a pussy fart. And then uh, I go, I said, and let me go get Matt. So I got Matt. I said, Matt, what's a queef? And he goes, it's a pussy fart. <laughs> Not me, his co-worker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got and so that. Scott said the reason they erected a vagina is because he was calling them pussies. <laughs> there you go. Funny. That's some logic for you. Hey, you know what? That just proves that men men uh, fucked with each other even way back then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Colonel Sanders was in a shootout with a local rival who killed a bystander. With his competitor convicted of murder, Sanders' first restaurant lost its competition. You know, uh, I bet Damn. when it was over, somebody called him chicken. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I think you do this on purpose. You want crickets. You know you know what? You remember Spaceballs? Yes. Right before they went into What's Luda, the matter, Colonel Chickens? Chicken. Ludicrous speed. <laughs> Prepare ship Prepare ship for ludicrous speed. <laughs> hey. People can hear peep people can hear me slapping your face on the mic, see? No, get away from me. <laughs> if a snake gets too hot, then it may get so confused and get a ramped up metabolism, causing it to have a false sense of hunger and a desire to eat the first thing it sees and try to eat itself until it dies. It has a picture of a snake eating itself. That is sad. Oh my god. That is sad. <laughs> Damn, get that snake some water. Poor guy. Stupid snake. Ben and Jerry's have their cows massaged as part of treating them eth ethically. That is awesome. I'm gonna start eating Ben and Jerry then. Yeah, but like Vermont's one of those states that's like like uh, pro organics, and they're like way against like anything HMOs. In fact, they're uh, they've banned any H uh, I, I, not not HMOs. Damn it, GMOs. Like, yeah, yeah. We're talking about food, not healthcare. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. All right, got two more. Physicists proved that shooting granny style is the absolute best technique to consistently score points on the line, but NBA players refuse to do it because it looks stupid. Oh, is that whenever you put you place the ball down between your legs and just toss yep. it upwards? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember they taught us how to shoot balls like that in uh, elementary school. That's funny. Basketballs, really, that is. And you know what? Bowling is probably the same way. Yeah. I remember Kim used to bowl like that, and then she switched styles. And you know, I've never seen anyone bowl overhand, only underhand. I don't see how you could do it though, because I just think about your wrist getting. You can't. It would hurt it. the floor. Yeah. You'd put all dent in the floor. Well, plus, it's harder on your wrist too. That is stupid. Where's your logic today? I don't know. We're talking about different ways to throw throw balls. So, did I bring that up? Science teacher. You throw mine all Mass over the place. You should oh know about gosh. these kind of gonna, techniques. They're going to keep throwing these long names at me. Mass. S U B R A M A N I A N. Subramanian. Sounds like Subramanian. That's a common uh, Indian last name. Okay, Mass Subramanian. And his team at Oregon State University accidentally discovered a new shade of blue while creating new electronics material. Oh, neat. Uh. YLMN Blue, named after yttrium, indium, and magnesium, has a unique crystal structure that keeps it from fading and is a new candidate for energy efficient efficiency because it can also reflect infrared light. Holy crap. That was a tough one to get through. Oh. And I read it beforehand. So that's all you had, right? <laughs> that's it. All right, well, let's let's restart Mixler before we go into news because we only got two minutes left. Be, nope. right, be right back. We're not going to do trivia today, are we? No, we're, we're yeah. done after the news. Because I want to take Kim swimming. I want to go swimming. Come on, Dad. Okay, there we go. Okay, and we're back on. All right. Now it's time for sushi news. So we don't have sushi news. Sushi news. Sushi news. Go. 
Cops called to rescue lifeless woman. They end up saving a sex doll. What? Oh, shit. Police in Amsterdam were relieved when they broke down an apartment door to rescue what appeared to be a lifeless woman and discovered that she was actually a blow-up sex doll. Concerned neighbors called cops on Tuesday after spotting what they thought was a lingerie-clad woman standing or even hanging stationary at a window. Officers rang the property's buzzer and knocked on the door, but they feared the worst after failing to gain any response. So they kicked their way in, expecting to find a dead body. In fact, they found a dead woman, but she was made of plastic and filled with air, the police posted to Facebook alongside the picture. Relieved, they added. Oh my god. Officers later moved the inflatable doll away from the window. It's not known whether officers have since spoken to the apartment's occupier. <laughs> well, I know all lives matter, but damn, come on. That's taken a little too far. Plastic lives matter. <laughs> Kentucky man attempts to rob Chuck E. Cheese during a job interview. Lexing in a Kentucky man attempted to rob a local Chuck E. Cheese while participating in a job interview on Wednesday. Police Lieutenant Andrew Daughtry told the newspaper that the manager of the Chuck E. Cheese said the man came into the Lexington location to get a job application at 2 p.m. and returned at 4 p.m. for an interview. Dodger said the man announced that he wanted to rob the restaurant and implied that he had a firearm. The manager reportedly told the man that he did not have access to the safe and advised that would-be robber to leave the premises. Police, okay, uh, according to the TV station, police said the man apologized to Chuck E. Cheese employees and began to cry. Police continued their search for the unidentified man and hoped to track him down with information provided in his interview if it was truthful. That was stupid. It's weird. Hey, you picked these. Hey, you shut up. <laughs> so, my last one is actually a, tr a really interesting news story. Is in it? the 1940s, syphilis and gonorrhea ran rampant in the United States. Doesn't it still? Well, in recent months, newspapers around the country have published stories that sound like they could have been written 100 years ago. Indiana's syphilis cases skyrocketed by 70% in a single year. Texas's Lubbock County was under a syphilis alert, and various counties faced shortages of the medication used to treat syphilitic pregnant women. But the headlines are very much modern and urgent. Syphilis is back, and public health experts are worried. For many years, syphilis was considered a pract practically an ancient ailment, the great pox, that, like tuberculosis or polio, Americans just don't get anymore. There were just 6,000 cases of primary and secondary syphilis in 2000, and the CDC briefly thought the disease to disease's total elimination was within reach. But in November, the CDC reported that there were nearly 20,000 cases in 2014. And while the rates have climbed close to the devastating levels of the early 1990s, they're rising at an alarming rate. And perhaps most concerning is the past two years have seen a cluster of cases of syphilis of the eye. 
and a rise in cases of congenital syphilis, something even developing countries have been able to eliminate. This year, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force recommended screening high-risk people for syphilis every three months. The disease is curable with antibiotics, but it's a bit of a secret agent, transmissible through almost every sexual means, and erupting as a tiny lesion about a month after exposure. (laughs) At various stages of the infection, it might cause no symptoms or a puzzling array of them. If gone undiagnosed, it can cause everything from disfigurement to seizures. As a result, many people don't know what syphilis is or how it's transmitted. Uh, Daryl Richards, the STD coordinator in Decatur, Georgia, which has one of the highest syphilis rates in the country, most people associate sexually transmitted infections with a discharge or a burning sensation. However, syphilis does not cause these symptoms. Among gay men, the syphilis infection... Sorry, I'm, I'm hanging upside down. Uh... Among gay men, the syphilis infection rate (laughs) has increased to levels not seen since the start of the AIDS epidemic of the 1980s. Dustin's on. Oh, okay. I was reading that. So anyway, some public health experts we interviewed, I guess the people who were writing this interviewed, think that syphilis resurgence might be driven in part by the rise of hookups apps such as Grindr, And with the AIDS crisis now a distant memory, gay men might not be as careful with condoms as they once were. Indeed, those factors help explain why syphilis rates have also spiked in parts of Canada and Europe. I don't... Why do they always blame it on the gay people? Everybody gets this disease. There was... In in Lubbock, it was straight people with with syphilis. They always throw throw it onto the gays. Yeah. I don't get that. Anyway. Yeah, anybody can contract it. Yeah. I'm not reading this whole thing because it's ridiculous. It's just giving me um, things you, you about You know who died the... of syphilis, right? Al Capone. Did he really? Yeah, he died in jail of syphilis. Wow. Didn't Hitler die of, I mean, have no. syphilis or something? I don't know if he had it, but he, he, had he crypt- died from a gunshot wound to the head. Well, I know, but didn't he have syphilis? Well, he had cryptochimadism or whatever it was that we said on Occurrence 50. Whenever we read that story about Well, him. yeah, we knew he had that. Anyway, just wear a condom. That's all I have to say. And that's all the news I have today. Yes, be extra careful. We're going to skip trivia tonight so we can go swimming in the pool. And I think until then, we'll call an end to this debacle. Thanks once again for listening. And as always, if you want to be a guest, you can drop me a line, fujiwa at gmail.com, F-U-J-I-W-A-H. Got any fun facts, send them to Kenneth, special K at robotunerpodcast.com. And if you got any news stories, send them to Shelly. Sushi, S-I-U-X-S-H-I, at robotunerpodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at robotunerip. You can also call and leave a voicemail at 682-325-1696. And we're live every Sunday on Mixler at 7 p.m. Central. Happy Fourth of July! Yep, and check out the rest of these dudes. The Jerry Jones Massacre, Funky Town Podcast, Atypical DFW Podcast, and The Intoxicated Gamer. We will see you next week, and yes, happy America Independence Day. Please no, do no, not no. Spit, stick fireworks in your buttholes. Yes, or in the front of your pants. Yes. You'd say it like you normally say it. Red pants. No. Yeah, what? Say, yeah, don't stick fireworks in Celebratory. In front of, I, great, uh, gracious country's um, occasion of 
uh, Independence Occasion is celebratory. I can't come up with anything witty because I usually do on the day of, not not the day yeah, before. Yeah, you screwed it up. Damn it. Okay, but yes, don't stick any... Be safe and don't stick any fireworks down you red pants. We're out. Bye. Doing the podcast. Robo-tuner, master of debacles. Doing the podcast. Sushi strange news. Doing the podcast. Special case fun fact. Doing the podcast. Pooping for pop cans. Doing the podcast. Get on me. Doing the podcast. Red Pants Theater. Doing the podcast. You can't put the chains on, Robo-tuner. Red Pants.